0: So the two things I always try to do when when I create anything is make sure it's insightful and gives value. Like absolutely, if you're not giving something new that they haven't, you know, something practical that they they can walk away with, then you're not giving anything. Like every every time I give a talk, I always like try to give. Oh, here's something you can actually do practically tomorrow that'll get you started with this, right? Because otherwise, you're not you're not really helping anybody, right?
1: Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. we are going to discuss more about startup marketing. How you can get results, how you can choose the right direction, how you can create and craft your strategy. It's very important because most startups fail. We are going to discuss more about that as well, so you can minimize the risk you can find the right way with Inbar. Igor, how are you?
0: I'm good. Hi, thanks for having me. Also, can we say hello to the chaotic neutral people as well important (laughs) since you know good bad and chaotic yeah thanks for having me
1: (laughs) a big pleasure i want to learn more about that before we start just tell more about yourself experience background about our main topic why you decided to share with us about startup marketing what is the main difference with other directions and more about your experience with this topic
0: oh wow okay so um where to start Uh, I like to joke, I have the lowest ROI degree in the history of the universe. I actually have a master's degree in film from the American Film Institute Conservatory and um, very quickly after I graduated, I kind of left that and got into content marketing Um, and I was really fortunate to really quickly get into the startup world and um, find my way into Taboola um, when it was really, really in early stages. So Taboola is, for those who don't know, um, on the open web, you know, when you're on a publisher site, the, the, you may like content recommendations. So just as they were, I was, I was employee number 80, like just as they were starting these days, they're a public company with, I think over 2000 employees. I was one of the first people there and I was tasked with trying to figure out how to make this whole thing work and like teaching advertisers, how to use the platform. And, and it was this amazing entrance into marketing because, um, I got to basically work with, the biggest brands in the world and kind of help them figure out how to market on Taboola while I was learning marketing myself. This was over a decade ago. Um, And so it was it was just an amazing experience kind of being a part of that startup and seeing it grow. Um, I ended up leaving um, five years later when when the, the, you know, Taboola was 750 people. Um, And then I kind of went into um, mostly VP marketing and exec roles at uh, early stage startups um i spent uh several years doing that um i launched uh a few some more successful some less successful um i think uh the the ones that maybe um people watching would uh the one i think people are most likely to have heard about um is Anyword, which is uh one of the uh, generative ai um platforms that came out actually way before chat gpt um just when uh, when when generative ai like uh, was, was coming onto the market, it came out around the same time um, as, uh, as copy AI um Jarvis and all those uh good ones so I I was the VP marketing um that launched Anyword and brought it to market um really proud to, to have brought it to a series B um today's got over a million users and um, in a really good place really well positioned um as as a performance marketing um AI copywriting tool um and I've also um, I was also VP marketing at growth space I'm also their HR tech. I brought them from Series A to Series B. Um, then I uh, moved on and, and did product marketing and content marketing at Lucia, um, which is um, basically uh, business to business um, uh, in business intelligence and contact data. Um, and after that, I decided I was kind of done working for others. Um, and, and about, oh, about four months ago, um, I launched my own, uh, endeavor and I actually have an agency now, um, that I launched with my brother. Now we're kind of a left brain, right brain, um, thing. It's called radical. Um, he is an amazing creative. Um, he comes from the world of advertising. He's also got a lot of experience in deep tech. Um, I, you know, I have a lot of experience in launching, um, and building go to market. Uh, of course, and so we kind of brought that both together and like to do what, what we call foundational marketing, like you, we like build building blocks of startups. And so we've been helping a lot of both new and existing startups um, launch, build their brand, bring new products to market. Um, and it's been awesome. I'm so glad I did it. It's, it's been so fun <laughs> so
1: far. Nice. I, I love yeah. your experience, extended experience. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to start with the word that you mentioned about creativity your brother is creative and when i check your hair i understand you are creative as well so for someone who can listen to this podcast I can't see the hair it's like two colors uh, purple and pink probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, i know it's very important to be creative in marketing yes. you can't win yes. the game without creativity You mentioned uh, about experience with uh, AI tools, uh, chat GPT, copy AI, uh, Jasper, um, uh, and today we have uh, Eleven thousand ai tools you know it, it's yes. it's a lot but you can't be creative by using ai probably you can if you can find the way uh, i i love using ai i i use a lot mm-hmm. i speak with ChatGPT gpt more often than with my wife and uh, <laughs> i i i ask a lot of questions <laughs> but it, it's not uh creative because most AI tools just replicate, rewrite yeah. existing content. Can you tell how to use AI and stay creative uh, in the end?
0: So, so I actually gave a talk at a conference, uh, a few months ago, and the title of it was intelligent, but not insightful, right? Mm-hmm. Artificial intelligence is intelligent, but not insightful. Um, you need to, in order to properly use AI, you still need to feed it original insight. And so you're never going to be able, I think, well, maybe at some point AI will become sophisticated enough that it'll be able to spark its own, you know, creativity. But at the end of the day, um, especially if you're looking at your chat GPTs of the world, these what they call large language models, right? They're trained on existing information. So all they're going to do is rewrite stuff that's already there out in the world, right? And so so I actually did an experiment for this talk. I asked, um, ChatGPT and Bard and, and a couple others, the same exact question. And they all gave me the same exact answer. I asked you give me five tips for writing, um, great for, for, starting a B2B, um, newsletter program. Literally they all gave me the same information, right? Cause they're all reading the same stuff and rehashing the same stuff. I don't think that, um, AI is, is, is a replacement for creativity. I sometimes use ChatGPT as a brainstorming tool. Um, when I need to have a conversation. And I think actually my biggest use for it is in synonyms like, oh, I'm looking for exactly the right word. Like sometimes you need a a precise word and you you can't quite get like, literally that's the only time that I find that it helps me when it it comes to doing creative tasks. Um, I, I generally don't like it for anything else, like copywriting, anything else I tend to find it very generic because all it does is it spits out stuff that already exists and it's really easy to 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 identify it these days like it, honestly if you if you come across something that has the word unleashed in it chances are it's been through chat GPT supercharge yeah that's that's a chat GPT written line like it, it's really clear and so I feel like it's a really good place to 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 ping pong or like if you're looking for a specific thing like for instance I was looking for interesting words instead of install the other day because I was I was writing copy for a a product page for one of our customers and you know I and I go into google and I say install but but you know that'll give me a list but if I go into chat gpt I can I can kind of fine-tune that prompt and say hey I'm looking for other words other than install and then ask it to find me like quirkier words other than install and like so the most i do when i use chat gpt for writing is as a kind of glorified thesaurus mm-hmm. i don't find it useful for more than that but i uh, and, and honestly because it's a rewriting tool it's not a writing tool yeah you know at the, at the end of the day you, you still have to it still needs to come from you right yeah, so i mean if and i'm not saying it's not very useful for certain things right so like a, a lot of let's put it this way and, and if i if i'm i'm getting a little too tangenty stop right right for every person like me who's saying oh it's not really good enough for to to create content blah 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 there's 100,000 people right now who are generating 50,000 blog posts a day and you know filling up the internet with junk content and and you know you need to cut through that noise somehow right and 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 obviously we as people can't produce as fast as ai can produce that I'm not saying that you can't use these tools as wonderful ways to speed up your production process, but your ideas and your insights still need to come from you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. AI is the best rewriting tool ever. And yeah. if, if you can't write, you can hire ChagPT to write instead of you, and yeah. it can help. But I, I still recommend to know how to write. Because only people who have great experience with writing can set up, write prompts and can edit results. Uh, And I have no idea how to get great results with ChatGPT, BART or any other tool without having experience with writing. And the second thing, it's important to know the topic. If you don't know the topic, it's impossible. I can't create great content about accounting, about finance without having great experience on these topics. But. Uh, I can do it about marketing because uh, I spent all my time in marketing and it's possible if you know the topic. So, two aspects, know how to write and the second, uh, 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 having experience with specific topic. Then you you can get great results, you can become a prompt engineer It's in your occupation today, you know, and uh, well-paid occupation, by the way, according to data. Uh, 300k people can earn if you have great experience with uh, uh, ChatGPT or any other tool just uh, to create, generate these prompts, uh, but, and um, I think it's possible to create quality. I I create a lot of quality content with ChatGPT, but you need to have experience, you need to uh, analyze. And for example, you know, today it's popular to check with uh, AI detectors tools. I did Mm -hmm. it in the beginning, but I stopped uh, checking them. Because if you can generate quality, who cares? Google doesn't care. Bing doesn't care. I I, I asked uh, Fabrice Canal about that. He replied, no, Bing doesn't care. If you uh, create quality AI written or human written, (laughs) Bing cares about quality. Google is uh, on the same boat because we created a lot of content with ChatGPT and we get great traffic. Because of creating quality content, so find the way how to do it. <laughs> it's, it's
0: about the insight. It's about the insight, and and the other thing is, and and this is what people need to remember. There's you're still talking to people on the other side of this, right? This isn't robots talking to robots. This is this. You need to give people value, and people see through junk really, really easily, right? And so, so the two things I always try to do when when I create anything is. A make sure it's insightful and gives value. Like absolutely, if you're not giving something a person something, if you're not giving them something new that they haven't, you know, something practical that they're they can walk away with, then you're not giving anything. Like every every time I give a talk, I always like try to give. Oh, here's something you can actually do practically tomorrow that'll get you started with this, right? Because otherwise, you're not you're not really helping anybody, right? So that's thing one. Thing two is readability because nobody actually reads. Like we're writing, but nobody's actually reading everything that we're writing. And so what we need to do when we're what when we're rewriting ChatGPT or writing our own stuff is make sure that the way that we organize our information is easy for the person reading it so that they get things in a way that that is understandable to them. So some people might <clears throat> excuse me, some people might skim something and then go back and read the whole paragraph. But you're not usually going to get a person who's going to read end to end at the beginning. And so a lot of the work that you need to do when you're creating something um, is not only really make it valuable, but make it in a way so that people can easily find the information that they're looking for and find that value easily. Um, I always joke um, uh, when, when I give feedback on on anything, um, that the content that people create, I, I always like my my um most commonly used comment is big words, help smash. Like if a person is is using too is something's too complicated or they're they're writing something in in too, in a way that's too hard to read, nobody's gonna read it. Right. Yeah. So that's the other side of it.
1: Uh, you know, my dogs usually take part on my podcast as well, but right now they are uh, sleeping.
0: <laughs> no, so, yeah, that was that. This is this is evening time, and I that was that was my dog Raven. I apologize uh, for that. Ah, um, uh,
1: no worries, no worries. I, I was the, sure
0: that they filtered it out. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm used to Zoom filtering out all of the barks. Uh, so apologies. Uh, no,
1: no, 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 that's okay. Yeah. People can see it real. <laughs> it's real, yeah, not like sorry. Uh, live conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know, you mentioned that people don't read. Uh, And um, I think the main reason it's tough to write text that people want to read. And but it's possible. I love uh, books from Joe Sugarman. He wrote a few great books about Mm -hmm. that, how to uh, win attention in the beginning, how to retain until the end. And if you write storytelling, in, the, in this style, you can get great results. Uh, I check your profile. I know you have great experience with storytelling. And mm-hmm. I think storytelling is part of marketing. How you can market yes. your products without storytelling. Uh, if for you sure. can craft your story, people will read it. You, but yes. you need to win their attention and retain until then. If you can do it, then results will come. And especially for B2B, it's interesting. Many yep. content uh, for B2B is boring. It's really boring, but yes. it's possible to uh, attract your readers mm. to win their attention, yeah. uh, and many brands can do it as well. Uh, for example, uh, take Seth Godin, take uh, Joe Sugarman, great offers. When you uh, read their books, you, you can live on this book. I don't care if mm. we, it's uh, not Jack London. Of course, I love Jack London more than anybody else in this world. <laughs> you know, from all offers because he he knows he he knew yeah. how to win my attention a hundred years ago. Today I can read all his books without uh, sleep, without water, without drink, to forget about anything (laughs) I can live on this book. But uh, many business books are great uh, as well. It's not about value. It's more about to uh, bring this uh, attractive style to share stories that people wanna read. Can you tell more about storytelling? How to craft your story to get this result?
0: (laughs) So I so remember how I was joking how I have a really low ROI degree? That's actually a lie, right? I, mm-hmm. I studied film. Film is at its core storytelling. And actually it's it's really interesting. My I have a I have a fairly if I do say so myself, I have a very fairly strong LinkedIn brand. Like anybody who who talks to me, like I literally built my business on people who follow me on LinkedIn. And if you go and if you go and follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see I'm I'm infamous for these very long posts. Like I usually max out my characters. On LinkedIn, I don't do the LinkedIn blogs, I do LinkedIn posts, and I I am like sometimes find myself having to cut down like a hundred to three hundred characters to get into their 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 minimum like maximum character limit. And I tell these really long I write these really long posts and everybody always comes to me and says, I always read your posts from the beginning to, to the end. And <clears throat> and I'm not saying and, and and I I do think it's possible. And I think the reason people read my stuff. Uh, if I do, you know, and pat myself on the back. And I think the reason that people read um, powerful stories is, is because um, if they're genuine, and if they're, if they have a, a clear through line, and if they, if they, if you can connect to them emotionally, and if they, if, if they have um, authenticity, then people are going to stick around. You know, I always, um, I, I, I built my brand. It, it, it's it's really interesting. I, when, in, in twenty twenty with the COVID lockdown, Um, I started this, this hashtag, I, I, that's when I really started posting on LinkedIn. And um, I started um, my hashtag radical transparency. And what I started doing on LinkedIn, something nobody was doing on LinkedIn at the time was just talking about real life because I was getting, everybody was, was on zoom and nobody was really talking to anybody. Like everything was just business. And I was like, okay, well, I'm at home. Nobody's seeing my life. And like, all I have is my work. So I'm going to bring a little bit of my life into my work. And, and these days I'm, 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 I'm infamous for this radical transparency um, Mm -hmm. stuff that I do like, and I've been doing it for four years and to the point where, you know, my, my company is now named radical and, and, and and I've I've taken this into everything I do in my day-to-day business. And I feel like um, it comes down to authenticity, right? Like I will, no matter what, whether I write about my work or my children or anything I'm, Always going to be honest with you. Like mm-hmm. this hair, this is not a facade. This, I, I did this because it makes me happy, right? Mm-hmm. And there, and I, I, I've lost business because of this. I've, I've, i you know, there's some people of I, I walk in the room with hair like this. They're like, who's this weirdo? Like, well, what is this, <laughs> right? Because this is not normal. Like, let's be honest, right? But it makes me happy, yeah. and so I, I do it, and I, and I'm very much like that, both in business and in life. And and I think that these days there's so much facade and people see there's so much artifice. And I think that that a big part of good storytelling for businesses and for people is authenticity. Right? Um and I think that's that's something that gets really lost in a lot of marketing. Um you know, you talk about like like B2B being really boring and 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 a lot of that is because they get this like formal kind of textbookish Thing And it's it's not, you know, you're not talking, you're talking to people at the end of the day, there's still other human on the other side of this who is reading this. And people are always going to react more when you disarm them with, with honesty, and with authenticity, whether you're doing it as a company, or whether you're doing it as a human being, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, and I think that's, that's the core of good of telling a good story is being authentic and not and and, and talking to to something that is real mm-hmm. at the end of the day right yeah um yeah the the, the first the first uh <laughs> the first webinar we did as radical um was called everything sucks
1: <laughs> yeah
0: you know i mean
1: i i understand why i understand why because yeah. uh, i I always fail, always, without any exception, Mm -hmm. when I start something new, always. Because um, I usually search for generic strategies, best practices, I implement them. But how you can overcome others, how you can bring something new without having experience, practical experience. For example, when I started PR, we paid $6,000 for one press release. So basically some uh, PR agency, wrote press release and pitched them, we paid $6,000. Then mm-hmm. I decided, okay, we, I need to write 12 press releases. It's it's a lot, $72,000 a week. So, mm-hmm. and um, I started to do myself. Uh, I wrote a bunch of press releases. I pitched all of them. I got zero mentions, zero results, nothing. But we acquired experience, how it works. Then we uh, explained to our offers and my, most of them can write for Forbes, investor, pay big websites. And usually, mm-hmm spend time to explain. Look, at, it's not blog post, it's a different format. You need to bring uh, something new about trending topics, you need to share your expert opinion, you need to uh, bring value uh, and opinion that journalists can share with their audience. It's not like uh, crafting evergreen content it's more about yeah. bringing something new and today we got results CNN Bloomberg business Insider uh, invested.com coindesk uh, big websites a lot of big websites MSN Yahoo uh, yeah. and it's because of uh, failing I failed I learned and uh, crafted the process that today works well and uh, we I counted we save. Uh, plus three million dollars a year to write press releases to get even better results that you can get with PR agency. So
0: that's 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 exactly by the way. I, I completely relate to that story after mm-hmm. not getting a, a funding round uh, picked up by any after paying a, a PR agency way too much money yeah. um, to try to get a, to get a funding round picked up and then on my own getting getting a cover of, of a trade.
1: Because yeah, I, yeah.
0: I, I put, you know, and, and I think, you know, here, here's the big thing. I have the same conversation with startups all the time. Okay. Which is they want to do everything and they think they need to do everything at once. And they, they think they need to do the stuff that you know, I I talk to a a pre seed startup and they're talking to me about stuff that a growth stage startup needs to be doing, or I talk I, I I'm talking to to you know a uh, um, a seed startup and they're talking to me about stuff a Series B startup it needs to be doing, and 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 it's just not you know there's you you need to you need to fail at your where your stage is right, yeah. and I think that you're always going to fail right and the way to make sure that you fail in a way that is not devastating is that you act your age mm-hmm. in terms of where you are as a company. Right. So, so I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I, I, I was talking, I was having a, a meeting and, and, you know, it's an agency. I'm supposed to sell <clears throat> my services to, a, to, to a company. And I literally, I told this guy, I'm like, you're not ready for me. You, you, you'll be ready for me. Maybe. Six months from now, if you're, you know, get this much revenue and then talk to me, right? Or get this, these many clients, then talk to me. But he's like, oh, well, what about LinkedIn campaigns? So I'm like, oh, honey, no, you do, you don't, you, LinkedIn campaign. That's after me. That's that that's that's two years after me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like there's 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 a way that you do th- that. You need to do things when you're when you're 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 trying to build. Pipeline for a startup, especially in B two B, getting sales in B two B is expensive. Okay, the, 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 you, you, if you're if you're trying to acquire leads to get to uh, a sale of a B two B product, that is going to cost a lot of money. And if you're a, if you're a startup in the B two B space, and with B two C, it's different. You've got to spend advertising dollars because that's the only like you, you you've got to either go viral in some crazy way or you got to spend a lot a lot of money. Right? <clears throat> Sorry, but I'm getting over a cold. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But in 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 B two B, that's not how you can't work that way because you you're it costs so much money to just get a sale. There's so many people involved. You need to get to the right person. The product market fit. The the process is so much longer that you need to be really careful about what you're trying when. And so I, I always say there's no shame in starting with cold outreach on LinkedIn, email marketing, really basic like, like, what's your site looking like you know like Mm -hmm. don't 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 start writing a blog post once a week if you can't bring the like what what is writing a blog post once a week going to give you if you don't have two paying customers you know And, and 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 you know you there's there's this i i think one of the things that really drives me nuts is that there's all these these bros sometimes that go oh i went in here's a here's the hack i did this and i and i generated fifty thousand posts with chad gpt and then you know google magically ranked me number one that's that's not the way it usually works no. okay start you know b2b startups getting them off the ground getting a decent pipeline and starting to sell is hard and the the trick is don't spend all your money you need to, you need to do it cheap to start yeah. and you need to, see, it's not, not to, it's not that you shouldn't spend money. You should spend money, but the money needs to be spent on a really strong website on credibility so that, cause you're new, so you don't really have logos yet. You don't have customer stories. So you need to look really good to the outside world. That means you have to have a strong brand and your site needs to be together. Right if you can get a couple design partners get a couple logos then then do that you should spend definitely spend money on that don't spend money on linkedin campaigns mm-hmm. you know, spend yeah spend money on an SDR. yeah but you you know anyway I can,
1: I can go but yeah well you know yeah. uh, you mentioned that you lost a business because of your color of your hair and you know yes. if you ask me if you ask me mm-hmm. i will hire someone like you then someone with <laughs> common <laughs> hair uh, because I know Thank what you. creativity means. If I Thank see someone with this hair, I understand, okay, this person is creative. <laughs> I, I need to cooperate with the specialist, you know, because it, it highlights to me that uh, uh, you know about creativity, you know how to stand out from the rest just to check your hair. <laughs> so, guys, uh, you need to understand what marketing means. Uh, I, I, I want to ask about uh, crafting the right strategy. I, I see yes. when startups can get results for a long time. We, we discussed uh, many yeah. things that can uh, startups can meet during the way, but uh, everything starts with the right strategy. And according to mm-hmm. data, most uh, startups have generic strategies or have no documented content strategy. Mm-hmm. And it's important to find the way, not only to steal what competitors do. Uh, mm-hmm. It's better to find their weaknesses, your strong side, your unique selling proposition, and bring something new to this world. Can you tell how to do it?
0: <laughs> okay, so it, again, act your age. Okay, mm-hmm. and 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 I think this this starts right. It, it's a really how do you you know how do you craft a content strategy um is a really big question. I think it starts with where are your people? Okay? Um so I'll give you an example, right? If you're if you're a a B2B company um selling to plumbers, you should not be going to LinkedIn. You probably shouldn't shouldn't even have a blog, if I'm being honest, right? Like are plumbers going to be on blogs? Probably not. Right. You want to, you want to, you you need to think about like where, okay. So, where, if I'm a plumber, where am I going to be? Right. If I'm a plumber and I'm looking for, for, for this kind of solution, how am I going to look for that solution? Right. And so, it first starts with putting yourself into the shoes of your customer, of your ICP. Where am I going to start if I'm looking for something like this? Right. It's plumber's a really simplistic, right? But it can be anything. It can be I'm am I'm I'm I'm, you know, I'm a user acquisition manager at a B2C company. I'm 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 a hotel manager of a small chain, I'm, you know, a, a fast food franchise owner, or whatever it is, right? Where do I live? Where do I look for information? Where do I find that information? Am I on Facebook? Am I on LinkedIn? Am I on Instagram? Am I on TikTok? Am I on none of those things? And I hang out at my local church, right? And and that you absolutely need to start there. I so I've I've had a bunch. You know, one of the one of the cool things about having an agency is that I get to talk to a lot of different companies, and I see a lot of this happening. People just putting out like eBooks for people who wouldn't download eBooks, like you know, there's there's there's. Yes, there's a certain sec, subsect if you're if you're a B2B company, if you're if you're a B2B solution, that doesn't mean you have to create an ebook. Just because you're B2B doesn't mean you have to create an ebook. Like not everybody reads ebooks. Not everybody is an ebook kind of person, right? I was I was giving a a workshop to um <clears throat> to SDRs at a company uh the, the thing was a couple months ago um cuz I, I met – I meant at amongst my many things. I, I managed SDRs for a really long time. And and they they sell an AI product and they sell it to people who are very not AI conversant. Right. And all of their outreach, they, they talk, they say LLM, which stands for large language model. Mm-hmm. Right. And I and I and I and I went into these guys' Facebook profile. Like I I literally I picked out people out of their CRM who have not answered their emails. And I found their Facebook profiles and I put them up on the road and I'm like, and I showed this, you know, here's, here's this dude from Nebraska who's, you know, 50 years old and has three dogs and, you know, does, you know, I don't know, off-roading. Do you know, do you think he, he rolls with the LLMs? Like, no, right? So my point is, um, you need to start by understanding where your people are and once you understand where they are then you can then you can kind of reverse engineer how to speak with them right and that might be an ebook on linkedin okay if you're selling to marketers oh heck yeah you should be on linkedin right if you're selling to hr yeah you should be on linkedin if you're selling to sales be on linkedin if you're selling to a small business owner you should be on instagram you should be on tiktok you know you should linkedin's definitely not the place where you should be all right. Um, and and so your and your content strategy needs to needs to fit that. Right. If you're <clears throat> if you're selling to a small business owner, then maybe it's not you talking to the small business owners. Maybe you need to to find other small business owners who are really well-known content creators and have them talk about you. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's that's the right way to do it. Right. So not all content strategies are about, you know, let's do a blog and let's do a newsletter. And let's do this and let's like, yes, there are a lot of that, right? If you're a cloud services company, you want to do, you know, two blog posts a week, one SEO, one thought leadership, and you want to do a weekly newsletter. And you like, there's, there's the very, like, there's, there's a framework, but if you're not that, right, if you're not the, 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 the you're the typical B2B who sells to these particular people who live on LinkedIn, then you need to start with where where your people are, where your customers are, and even if you do sell to people on who live on LinkedIn, the noise is so big. It's, it's, there's so much noise on LinkedIn, you have to get away from that too, right? So like if you're selling to salespeople, oh yeah, they live on LinkedIn, but they don't only live on LinkedIn. Yeah. Right. Like they they gonna my my brother uses this analogy all the time. Like they they take their phone into the bathroom <laughs> and they don't go on LinkedIn then. Right. Yeah. that's you know so 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 you need to you need to think about that when you're building up a content strategy and and I think the the most important thing to do is once you figure out where they are, don't go everywhere. Pick a lane there's there's a gazillion different social networks and communities, and you can't be everywhere, of course. pick two things,
1: yeah, I love it. I love it, and I agree completely agree uh with all your points if you hire someone to help on this journey but mm-hmm. let me disagree with something uh, yes. and uh, it doesn't mean that i'm right uh, mm-hmm. or you're wrong it depends but i want to share my opinion about that i think today it's better not to limit yourself with uh specific places where your audience is and uh, Let me explain why. For example, if you do a lot uh, themselves, I mean, like, if uh, I uh, want to be on LinkedIn, but my audience is uh, on Facebook uh, or Instagram or any other place, uh, I see when content creators give up. They give up because uh, they don't like specific social media. For example, my wife uh, likes Instagram. My son Mm -hmm. loves TikTok. I can be on LinkedIn uh, and, uh, for example, uh, if I find that my audience is on different social media, I think it's possible to achieve your audience at any place. For example, uh, I see when B2B brands uh, spend time on TikTok, they create account, promote them, can win a lot of uh, relevant uh, views, engagement. Uh, it's the same. Plumbers can jump on LinkedIn if they love. Of course, LinkedIn. And for me, it's important to love social media, to enjoy your time. If you do it yourself. If you hire uh, professionals, of course, of course, you can uh, delegate this stuff to them. But if you do something yourself, it's better not to limit with specific uh i don't know uh requirements or uh some common thinking but, about but here's media. where you
0: get stuck though because what happens is you try to mm-hmm. do too much and this is exactly why i'm saying not limit. Right? if you're hiring people go everywhere yeah right but if you're doing stuff yourself the problem is you can get so scattered that you end up being you know a mass, jack of all trades master of none right and I'm not, I, I don't like being a slave to one social network, right? Because if one change in the algorithm and you're, you're done, right? Like, yeah. it, like it's, it's just like LinkedIn one fine day, all of a sudden my, 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 you know, my, 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 my impression count got cut the 10% of what it was before just because they decided to, you know, and everybody did, everybody's like, what the heck just happened, right? You shouldn't be reliant on that, right? So, but that doesn't mean that, that you need to go everywhere. Okay, yeah of so course, of
1: course. there's
0: there's 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 a couple things that you need to be doing that to combat that. So thing one, don't pick one thing, pick pick two, pick three, but don't pick a hundred because if you if you pick a hundred, then you're gonna you're you're gonna end up being mediocre everywhere. and you're better off being really, really good in a few places. and and because things are so divided down, things are so niche and people are in their own echo chambers, you're being really good in, in a couple places can probably get you a lot more traction than being just mid everywhere. That's the yeah. one. And thing two is look beyond your own timeline. So, I love what thing I love about TikTok. TikTok has done a lot of good and a lot of bad in this world. The one thing I absolutely love about what TikTok has done is what they call the democratization of content. And I think that the ability to get somebody who has an audience who, is, pass- who can, is possibly passionate about what you're doing and can find value in what you do and collaborate with that person and reach their audience and have them be authentic, not, you know, I don't, not all this BSP art. Like there's ways of being authentic and using t- TikTok. I, I really like the small creators, not these big, you know, yeah. millions of followers, like find, find some really good, small creators with, like, 50,000 followers, 10,000 followers who, like, really believe in what you do. And that's going to get you m- way farther. Yeah. And, again, and do it authentically. Um And look beyond your own little, you know, your own timeline.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a good idea to repurpose content, but you need to have the audience. And I remember when yeah. I, I decided to grow my social media accounts Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was uh, a big mistake. No, not a big mistake. The, I got experience that it's tough. And mm-hmm. when I spent all my time on LinkedIn alone, and I got much better results, a hundred times better results because of uh, focusing. Yeah, I I agree with that. And uh, But I, about uh, choosing social media, for me, it's important to love experience of specific social media and i know some b2b brands uh that get million dollars in on instagram to uh, to create content on instagram to get customers a million dollars a month when i checked uh, i didn't believe in, in the first attempt but then we analyzed mm-hmm. results yeah i was surprised that was uh, investing niche it's not for uh, instagram but but they stand out from the rest to craft content on Instagram about luxury lifestyle, to uh, encourage customers to their platform. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think anything is possible. You can win on TikTok uh, if you love it. If, if you love yeah. to create film, yeah. short videos, you can get B2B customers on TikTok. You can get B2C uh-huh, on 100%. LinkedIn. <laughs> so Because a billion people yeah. on all social media. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and that's true. Yeah. And sure. my f- final question, very important question mm-hmm. for my audience, very important um, about your experience and daily life. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, I want to uh, help two people, founders of companies, of mm-hmm. startups and the second students who are looking for a way to learn from scratch, uh, especially mm-hmm. today when we have AI, other technologies. Um, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day in uh, startup marketing what you 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 do today if you do everything from scratch
0: okay so i need you to where would i work what would i where so okay
1: you you have no experience you know google exists you know social media exists but nothing else you know but you have an idea about Mm. startup you wanna Change the world like Apple, like any other brand. You you have a great idea. Many
0: I got uh, it. Yeah,
1: but you yeah.
0: (laughs) I would I would I would build a minimal MVP of the product where ninety percent of what I'm doing is manual. Don't Mm -hmm. wait to get the actual like don't actually build the product. Build and build a version of the product that you can do manually in Excel. Find a lot of people who you think are probably your customer and talk to them and figure out what like just interview as many people as possible to figure out whether you have a good idea like that's really really important like just talk to as many people as possible and let's say you got that that far and you've got a a viable product that you can run through an excel sheet and you think you're okay then cold email Mm -hmm. to get your first customers yeah there's there's nothing you can learn like and if you if you do cold email right you can learn more from cold email, I think, than any other marketing channel because it's free, mm-hmm. and you can test. And it's it's yeah. I'm I'm a big. I, I know people hate it. <laughs> I get it, <laughs> but it is for me. It is I think the best first marketing channel anybody.
1: Nice. Yeah, has. yeah. Cold email still works. Like cold calls you know so yeah. i i hate them but <laughs> I, I get Listen, 100 emails if, a day
0: <laughs> if you do it right it yeah. can work i get 100 emails a day there i read every single cold email that comes into my inbox because i've managed sdrs mm. and i've sold out sdrs and 90 of them i ignore but there are some that i answer and i've and i've i've had gone on sales sales calls like i've had demos from cold emails. There are some people, some SDRs who have sent such successful cold emails to me that I had absolutely no, it was absolutely irrelevant, but I told them exactly who to reach out to and when to reach out to them. And they got a sale out of it because their yeah. cold email was so successful. Yeah, there's the, There's a good way to do cold outreach. It's possible. And, and- it is the best way to learn about your audience.
1: And do we need to personalize as much as possible, or just, oh, yeah. yeah?
0: Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, listen, you can't. Per- if 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 you're doing spray and pray, you're not going to get anywhere. And of course, if you if if you're if you're you know your audience is SMBs and you've got fifty thousand addresses that you're pulling out of Zoom Info, there's there's only so much personalization you can do, right? And I understand mm-hmm. that, right? But um, first of all, if you're going after these big enterprises and and you've only got you know five accounts you're going after, personalize the heck out of it. The ones that I always get and, 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 and like this is the ones I hate, like looking at the, the the like you go into the person's LinkedIn, you look at their college and get like, hey, go sports team. I hate that. Right. Anybody who looks at my LinkedIn profile, look at my hair. Do, you, do I look like a person who likes sports? Literally, just look at my picture. All you need is a minute to look at my picture and you will understand that if you talk to me about sports, I will be like, what? <laughs> and And, and like, I also, I personally, I put everything about me on my profile, like two seconds, you know, a couple things about me, A, I'm a mom, B, my favorite color is purple, C, I love Dr. Who, like, just from that, you can start a conversation with me. And and so, and so personalization is not that hard. And Mm -hmm. if you do it right, then, then, then it works. And if you can't personalize, then be funny. Mm hmm.
1: that's nice
0: that works too humor works too
1: nice nice love it love it uh it's a big pleasure to get on my show i love this conversation it's funny funny. valuable uh tell the best (laughs) way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you
0: um follow me on linkedin that's uh that that, that's my uh social network of choice Uh, (laughs) um As I, I post there often um and you know if you're if you're a startup uh just starting out and you want to get uh your marketing fundamentals right then reach out on linkedin um see if radical can uh, help you uh get started sorry nice. shameless plug but i have to do it i'm a ceo now
1: yeah um. nice i i <laughs> i open your linkedin profile mm-hmm. oh i see you yeah you share you even personal photos you share mm-hmm. about some events. Wow, love it, love it. I'm going yeah. to follow you guys. I recommend oh. to anyone to follow uh, mm-hmm. because you can see a lot of valuable inside. So it's a big mistake if you uh, don't follow because it's important to learn, to update what we have. And if something works today, it doesn't mean it you it will work tomorrow. So yeah, it's important to update. Okay guys, love you, see you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmess. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.